Hello, true crime addicts. I'm Taylor. And I'm Kara. And this is A Latte Murder, a podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. But we continue to do it anyway. Grab a cup of caffeine. And join us for a latte fun. Here we go. Hey, Kara. Hey, Taylor. (laughs) How are you? Good. How are you? Good. It's kind of weird we're not in our usual podcasting place. And I'm facing you, so. Yeah, it's really bizarre. So, how's your week been? Just busy and horrible, but you know, it's it's been a hectic week. I thought it would be an easy week when I looked at my schedule on Sunday and then, nope, things happened and I had two meetings two nights in a row that lasted like three hours each Ugh. didn't get home till like 10 o'clock that sucks so it's, yeah i hate that yeah so it's it's been a um unpredictable and not fun week how's your week going the same about the same yeah my hedgehog got surgery as you know oh, zelda my my hedgehog zelda had a uterus problem and had to get her uterus removed and she's four years old so i didn't know how that was gonna work out but she's okay she's recovering being crazy yeah i was just worried i was like sick all the day before and like the day during because i was like i'm just worried they're gonna call me and say like she didn't make it or something yeah you texted me and you were like zelda's getting surgery tomorrow and i was like no not the (laughs) grouchiest hedgehog ever i know and now she's just she's grouchy even more (laughs) because she's like in pain but she doesn't spike you as much. She just hisses and jumps and, like, won't let you hold her. You also said that she has a lot of, like, a lot more energy. Yeah, she's been, like, doing laps around her cage, which is good. A good sign. Yeah. I just don't want her to rip her stitches open because... I know. that's That was yeah. what my fear was when mm-hmm. we got Mika spayed. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't keep a six-month-old puppy down. Yeah. Like, you just... She was, like, mm-hmm. jumping off and on the couch and running around, and I was like you gotta stop you gotta stop you gotta stop you're freaking me out yeah and we can't even put you can't put a cone on a hedgehog so it's just like well when when i went to go pick her up i could hear her crying in the back and she sounded like a bird Mm -hmm. and the guy like there's a guy at the front desk and he kind of looked at me like funny i go that's mine (laughs) and then she came out and he goes i thought that was a bird (laughs) and the the tech was holding her cone in in her hand and she was like she ripped this off, and I was like, yeah, she's not going to wear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we ended up not doing the cone for our dogs. We did the, like, suit. It's like a body suit. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we just said, yeah, screw it. Just watch We're her. Just, we'll just yeah. watch her. Yeah. I slept oh, I mean, by they're... her crate that night, and yeah. <laughs> if I heard her licking, I was like, no, honey. Jump up. <laughs> you can't lick it. Yeah, that's why I was yelling at Zelda, a hedgehog who has no idea what I'm saying. And I'm like, don't touch it. She would, like, lick, and I jump, so she hisses. <laughs> I'm like, don't touch it. But oh, at night, so like, funny. they're nocturnal, so I, she's running around at night and I can't watch her, like, I'm sleeping, so I looked at her this morning and she was fine, so I'm just like, one, I don't want her to get an infection or rip it open, but two, I don't want to go back and pay for them to, like, right. <laughs> sew it back right, up, I'm right. like, so, as long as she's okay. So, we've both had some pretty unpredictable weeks this week. Yeah. It's my first week of my last semester, mm-hmm. so I was like, man, I'm just gonna try to smooth sail. For 16 weeks? Nope. Yeah. This week said, uh uh-uh. well, Absolutely it'll get not. It should get better. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Only You only have to bear so much and then it'll be done eventually. 16 more weeks. Woo. But who's counting? Yeah. You. <laughs> Me. For sure. I have a countdown on my planner. Oh my gosh. In the corner of every week. 
Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yep, because I'm just, I'm ready to. It's like a Christmas Christmas countdown. I'm for... ready to. Be, I need to get like a, a is it adjunct calendar? Ad, ad advent adjunct <laughs> calendar an advent adjunct. calendar. Like it's not adjunct. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's like I don't even know what you were trying to it's say. It's advent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I'll those. get you one. Get okay. like a makeup one from Ulta or something. They're probably on sale. They probably are. So you can do that. Makeup in. Yeah. <laughs> ready i'm gonna be done with school for a while and then go back probably in a year or two at least you get a break yeah and you can decide if you go back or not right yeah i mean i probably will yeah um unless i truly end up liking what i'm doing Mm -hmm. but i don't don't know know. you don't know until you do it i know you'll see yeah you'll have more time to spend with me yeah my podcast. Yeah. My podcast. Your podcast. Am I <laughs> just podcast. been a guest for four weeks? This is my guest, Kara. Oh. I don't know why I said that. Get I guess, out of my house. I guess because I'm used to saying it to other people, and I'm like, oh, my, my podcast. Like, because... Oh, really? Because when I tell people, I'm like, my friend and I... <laughs> because it's just me. I mean, you did make the executive decision without me to put your name first. No! <laughs> you told me to do <laughs> No, that. I did not. Yes, you did. No, because no. you said it was my idea for the podcast. No. So you could go first. Nope. I have no memory I have of this. the text message, I'm pretty sure. I'll find it. <laughs> Are you being serious? Because I feel like you you actually said no, that. Yes, I don't did. remember that conversation I at have all. A, I'm sure you texted it to me. Or we were on the phone, which I don't have proof of. Dang, that sucks. <laughs> Well, I'll switch it. It's not about what's true. It's what you could prove in court. Yeah. <laughs> what movie is that from? I don't know. Law Abiding Citizen. <gasps> That's my favorite movie. That's Kyle's favorite movie. Oh, it's my second favorite movie. Oh. Actually, Shawshank Redemption is my first. Oh, but so I love... as soon as you figured out that was Kyle's favorite movie, no, you're I like, was actually it's not. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kyle. Sorry, he doesn't listen to this. He doesn't um, have an iPhone, so he has yeah. doesn't have Apple Podcasts, and he doesn't have Spotify. He needs it. Spotify is free. You can make a free account. Yeah. Oh, right. Unsupported. Yeah. So, no, um, yeah, I don't know why. I love Law Abiding Citizen, that's why when that's you said it, I was like, oh, that's my favorite, but I, like, I always say my favorite Shawshank Redemption, so I can't go against it. Yeah. Not because of Kyle. Right. Sorry, Kyle. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to <clears throat> talk about what your mom texted you? Oh, yeah. So. Real quick, because I know, like you said, you have a lot of of information on this case oh yeah this case i have a lot of information yeah. about but so i just <laughs> I, I don't care before this like something i found out and i was like i should have told you on the podcast to get your reaction i'll fake it uh yeah so kara did what? you hear that there's a body found on 77 near our house what no way <laughs> i did not hear about that what are you talking about yeah. But Agcare actually didn't hear about no, it, I so her reaction that. was very, like, oh, what? So, 77 is a uh, highway. big highway that goes through... Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's the highway that we use the most. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, say, one you go on every day, yeah, almost. Yeah, that's how, that's how I get to work, mm-hmm. going north and south yeah. on 77. Yeah, so there was a body... There's, like, no information besides that there's a body found of a man, like, under a bridge on the highway... Like, just off the side of the road. And his family reported him missing, I don't know how long ago, but mm-hmm. pretty recently. Yeah. So, there's missing persons, like, about from 
what is the what is the phrasing like a missing persons of him <laughs> he's missing a missing persons report yeah like of him or about him i don't know what the correct oh. phrasing is okay um yeah and they found his body and they were like they didn't suspect foul play but to me it's sketchy if unless he's older because i don't know his age or, yeah, or anything yeah. maybe he had like dementia and didn't know where he was and like ended up just like passing sure. away but i'm like no, Abijah's just not randomly found if they're, like, missing and then they find his body off the side of a highway. Where in Ohio is this? Is this near us? Yeah. Like, uh, I was gonna say, say the exit, but don't say the exit. <laughs> I can say, like, the town. It's, like, in Nimasilla. Nimashillin. Uh, however you say it. I don't oh. know. Yeah. Okay. It's, like, right, like, next to the lake, I think. Dang. Yeah. So, they found it, like, two days, two or three days ago. On the, that's all that's I've, I've seen on the news so far. So they said they don't suspect foul play, but like I said, I don't I don't know. That's weird they're, to me. Well, if there is no foul play, they're probably thinking overdose. Yeah. Because we are going through a huge opioid yeah. thing right now. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was the biggest thing. I was yeah. like, oh, so we'll we'll keep you guys updated on if there's more information about it. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. That's. Yeah, and uh, and Perry Township, which is a township around here too has is reopening like a 37 year old uh case that was unsolved i don't know much about it other than that they're reopening it and i don't know i guess new evidence came to light oh that's good so that's good yay ohio ohio (laughs) blue jackets lost last night i didn't even get to watch the game yeah penguins lost too to the flyers yeah we lost the predators sucks yeah oh well just game one that's cool yeah, it's one. early, early it's on. Early. It's early. So, yeah, that's only news I had. Yeah, I have nothing. I <laughs> no week. news. I have nothing. I know. I don't, I mean, I don't follow the news as, like, that much, only yeah. if it's really big things, so yeah. my mom just will text me <laughs> say, this, look at, look at this, look what was found, so thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> All right, so this week we are talking about the Jeff Davis 8, um, like we said last week, mm-hmm. Taylor I was picked this one. Yeah, I was correct about the name last week. Um, this is so. There's a docu series, which is how a lot of people are kind of fig- like finding out about the case on Amazon Prime slash Showtime. You have to have a Showtime subscription, but for students, it's only like ninety nine cents a month for the first year. Oh, so nice. I got it just so I could watch the series, yeah. but I actually didn't watch the series yet. <laughs> nice. Because I decided there's there's a book that Ethan Brown wrote that is the main he's not an investigator really, he's like a journalist, but yeah. he invest- He's like he's an investigative journalist. Yeah, like he found that he lived in George like New Orleans or something and mm-hmm. then drove to Jennings, Louisiana to like look up this case and talk to people and stuff. So yeah. He wrote a book on the interviews he conducted and everything that was going on. Um, so, yeah, that's where I get most of my information from because I, I read the book. It's not that long. It's like 250 pages. So, it's a pretty quick book. And, yeah, that's yeah. it. And then I got information off biography.com and Rolling Stones a little bit, too, when they did a news article yeah. on it. I would have Wikipedia, of course, which it's mm-hmm. their 20-year birthday today. So happy, happy birthday, birthday Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Sponsor us. <laughs> they need money. They yeah. get sponsors. I know. I keep seeing that when I go I on the thing. Uh, biography.com, foxnews.com, 
and I listened to the murder the murder squad podcast mm-hmm. um, on this episode. So that podcast is done by true true crime journalist Billy Jensen and Paul Holes. Which if you don't know who Paul Holes is, he is um, one of the investigators known um, for contributing very largely to the capture of the Golden State Killer. So they have a podcast called The Murder Squad where mm-hmm. they do um, cases that are unsolved. And then the idea is that people like people listening now and mm-hmm. people like you and I will hear these cases and then do investigating on their own and help law enforcement try yeah. to solve these cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I listened to that episode on it. There's I saw a couple YouTubers had videos on it too. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty popular case especially now because the series is out i don't i think the series came out in 2020 so it might have been out for a good amount of time okay i was thinking 19 but oh maybe it did yeah so it's it's been out but i just heard about it recently so it is a pretty well-known case unsolved case um but a lot of people have speculations on at least like what not exactly who did it but like kind of they've got kind of they've got some (laughs) ideas yeah they yeah. know the they know they think they know who knows who did it <laughs> like who knows they all don't the know that we know yeah. they know <laughs> yeah that's what they these people are thinking yeah but like people were getting like ethan brown who wrote the book and um other people that were like news people were getting threats when they would like yeah report on this yeah. case so hopefully we don't <laughs> get threats mm. <laughs> I was drinking when you said that. Great. Yeah. What are you drinking for caffeine today? Oh, yeah. I'm drinking whatever you made me <laughs> from your Keurig. <laughs> Dude, I forgot to go to, to get Starbucks. coffee. I was like right there. I got Chipotle and it's right next to it. And I forgot to get Starbucks. Yeah. So we're just <sighs> drinking black coffee K-cups mm-hmm. from my Keurig. She put vanilla. You put yeah, vanilla. vanilla in- Almond milk creamer. And I did uh, peppermint mocha because I never opened it and I don't want it to go bad and have it be a waste. Yeah. So I'm drinking peppermint mocha. I don't mocha. like peppermint. And I'm usually a black coffee drinker, mm-hmm. but I wanted a little, little, you know, add a little bit of spice. Something, something. Yeah, a little something, something. Yeah. So. I don't like peppermint. I like vanilla and caramel, basically. I keep, like, coughing in my mouth because my asthma's acting up. <laughs> I'm allergic to my hedgehog. which is weird but I didn't even I think I developed an allergy because like when I first got her I was fine but now if I play with her for too long I have to like use my inhaler it's okay you love her yeah and I played with her this morning and that's why my husband's acting up it's okay if you keep hearing me hear my mic hit my mic I'm so sorry we have a different setup today so I have to hold my mic and I keep hitting the wire like on my jacket and (laughs) it's I'm so sorry Kara decided to do that so well, I told her we could both sit. Well, I didn't want to drive forty minutes to your house every week. No, I know. Plus, you're already, you could plus sit. you're already around my house. Yeah. So, I, know. I had an eye doctor appointment. Shout out to my eye doctor for giving me new. Thank you, eye doctors. <laughs> Thank you, optometrist. My cousin's yeah. an optometrist. Yeah, they really. I mean, what would we do without Thank them? You, Not optometrist. <laughs> Thank your optometrist. Thank you, optometrist. Sick. <laughs> All right. Okay. Overview. Go. Oh. Okay. You were ready. You seemed ready. Well, okay. (laughs) So, between May of 2005 and August 2009, the bodies of eight women were found in swamps and canals surrounding Jennings, Louisiana. 
Um, this case is sometimes also called Jennings 8. Um, like I said, takes place in a small town of Jefferson Davis Parish in Louisiana. Which is why it's called the Jeff Davis 8. When I first heard that, I thought it was like the killer's the name. Yeah, yeah like, I thought it was unsolved, but yeah. The well, town. yeah, because I was confused when at the end like at the end of our podcast last week when you were like dude the jeff davis eight it's unsolved and i'm like didn't you just say the killer <laughs> jeff <name?"> davis did it <laughs> but i didn't want to like say it yeah but no, yeah yeah um so some say that that it's not a serial killer some people think it is a serial killer um some of the bodies were already in severe decomposition so it was hard to determine the actual cause of death which will come into factor later so yeah and some family members are believe that police are responsible for the murders mm-hmm. but of course we'll get to suspects and oh yeah and all that what else you got for overview mm. um jefferson davis parish is has only ten thousand residents mm-hmm. so when these people start dying they're you know it's a weird thing yeah. and like people know like people know one another in this community mm-hmm. um so just to start, so the first victim was Loretta Lynn Chason Lewis. That's her full name. Um, Loretta was killed. No, I think she was found May twentieth of two thousand five. I don't know if she was what day Correct. she was killed. Yep, she's twenty eight years old. Twenty eight year old Loretta Lewis. Um, she was a sex worker, and that's how. That's all these girls were sex workers with the same. Like, not, in the same... Not all of them. Yes, they were. No. Not according to Paul Holes. Oh, okay. Paul. <laughs> Don't A. Love you. <laughs> um, okay, well, most of them then were sex workers, but Loretta Loretta Lewis was. Um, they found her body in a canal on the outskirts of Jennings in Jefferson Davis Parish in Louisiana. Um, she was battling an addiction to crack and other drugs. And they thought her death was a fallout of, like, a drug trade mm-hmm. that ran along the I-10 corridor. They thought she was, because she was found near a canal, they thought she was, like, drowned in the mm-hmm. canal. But it came out later from Ethan Brown when he was doing interviews. He talked to family members and people that were at, like, supposedly at when where she died and, like, saw it happen. And I don't know who those people are, but they said that Frank... Frank, Richard, or Richard, we don't know how to say it. Frankie was the pimp, basically, of these women. And he was, all of them have some relationship to him in some way. Yeah, he slept with seven out of the eight. Yeah, so they all knew him. A lot of people in town knew him. The police knew him, um, which we'll get into. But people say that they saw Frankie, like, drown her in a bucket of water, like, at Mm -hmm. his house or wherever, and then drove her and dropped her body off in a canal. So, that was the first uh, victim that they found. Even for this first victim, the police, like, yeah, they were like, okay, there's a dead body, we should investigate, but who knows what was really going on. Mm -hmm. But they didn't really talk to, like, key witnesses, and I'm pretty sure it was Loretta. Her husband, she was married, and her husband told Ethan, like, they, the police didn't even come talk to me. He's like, shouldn't the husband be the first suspect of a murder case? Usually. Yeah, and because, he's, yeah. he said that. He's like, but they didn't even come and ask me any questions. Well, I think, unfortunately, like, with sex workers and mm-hmm. 
people who are addicted to drugs, that's usually what they suspect. Yeah. Especially if there is no evidence of foul play, mm-hmm. there I don't think their initial reaction is going to be homicide. Now, some of these victims, they're found with their throat slashed. Yeah. So, of course, their first inkling is going to be homicide. Yeah. But I think when, you know, if you just find a body and there's no visible wounds or anything mm-hmm. and they're known to be to be a sex worker and they're known to be addicted to drugs yeah that's probably what the police are just going to confirm the death as without investigating it mm-hmm. which kind of stinks no yeah and because they were all addicted to drugs they just like chalk it up to okay like there was a drug deal and yeah. something went down and yeah what can we really do about, you know, the drug community, like people that are selling drugs, the drug trade, like what can we do about it? So yeah, that was the biggest thing then, like what they were talking Mm -hmm. up to. And there really wasn't a big investigation on it as far as I saw. Yeah. Plus with this being the first one, Mm -hmm. they're not really, yeah like paying so close Mm -hmm. attention to it. Um, And she had drugs in her system. I think every single victim mm -hmm. had drugs. So they could like could have attributed yeah. it to an overdose as right, well right especially said. if she's the first one and they're not yeah. really looking for mm-hmm. something else yeah. going on yeah. especially in a small town like this because how many times have we heard this stuff doesn't happen here in this yeah. small town mm-hmm. so well that's what they thought but then that was just the first of eight victims so in june 18 2005 another sex worker ernestine Patterson was discovered in another canal off the highway of Jennings and this woman Ernestine had three incisions on her neck so her throat was slashed that's what so online it says her throat was slashed in the book it said she had three incisions so to me incision sounds more like someone did like took their time and like made incisions yeah that makes me think of like Jack the Ripper yeah Yeah. it was interesting that they said that but then that was in Ethan Brown's book and He didn't really go... That was just what they said was on her. Two men were actually held for her murder, um, but the charges charges were dropped. Yeah, so I have the names of the two people um, who were initially charged for that second murder. So Brian Chad Jones and Lawrence Nixon. So Lawrence Nixon is actually... I'm so sorry if I say her name wrong. uh, Laconia or Lasonia Brown, who is the fifth victim initially charged with second-degree murder for a short period of time with um, Patterson's case. Um, but the sheriff's office did not test the crime scene until 15, one, five months after the murder mm-hmm. and found that it, quote, failed to demonstrate the presence of blood. Well, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like... like yeah. F- 15 they... months? Yes, of course there's not going to be a presence of blood. And they... I seriously can't find it in my notes, but I know that they... Didn't even like caution off, like caution tape off the area. They didn't even like do anything, and people were in and out. Police were taking things from like the crime scene without bagging it up and like yeah. using it as evidence. Yeah. So it was just so messed up. Like there was nothing about it that it looked like they were trying to even figure out who which like did it. That really annoys me anyway. But mm-hmm. like you usually hear stuff like that happening in like the seventies before they yeah. have all this protocol. This is 2005. Yeah. They had the resources. Yeah. To not have this happen. Yeah. There was like a whole thing that she, she wasn't given a fair investigation for her murder. And again, I think they just chalked it up to the same things that they did before drugs and just being into the bad yeah, crowd yeah. and 
that's unfortunate because you have this certain occupation mm-hmm. um, oh i thought you were talking about the cops I'm like they have a duty to like no, give her, you like, know give a you know like sex workers and people who are addicted to drugs mm-hmm. have a bad reputation yeah. to other people and so i think a lot of the time investigators just don't want to look into yeah. things like that because mm-hmm. they are like well if you didn't have this certain lifestyle then this wouldn't happen to you yeah which is really unfortunate and not true yeah but i also i mean we see that in a lot of cases in general but i don't think that's what's happening in these cases so march 18th 2007 almost two years later um a third victim with similar similar profile to the earlier two 21 year old Kristen lopez was found in another canal so apparently this one she had bruises on her body and but it also looked like she drowned in the canal so they like said they thought that she got killed you know where her body was basically Mm -hmm. but a witness also came forward that frankie stuck her head in a bucket of water until she died um, because she refused to give him a blow job so that was a witness that was like in the house i think it was frankie's house the pimp and she was like told him no i'm not doing it and he just drowned her and was like well and then just dumped her body yeah um two suspects were arrested for this frankie richard and his niece hannah connor who were at the scene apparently that when he dunked her head in a a bucket of water but they were released because they didn't have enough evidence on them but that's what they say but Again, I don't think that's why they were released. And something that's kind of interesting about Lopez that I got off um, Paul Holes and Billy Jensen's podcast was she was actually questioned by police about the first victim's case. Yeah, so so you know, and then two years later, Mm -hmm. she she's get she got killed too. Like all these women that were killed were police informants, Mm -hmm. so they all gave the police information whether it was for crimes or criminals or drug trade or whatever so they had some connection to the police as well as Mm -hmm. frankie who we've heard that name pop up multiple times now so that's something that connects them so they think about that's why people think police may have been involved in the murders but also all the girls also had known at some level what happened to the girl that died before them or Mm -hmm. a few before them so it's bizarre all the girls knew something were either there and didn't talk or somehow knew about the other girls Mm -hmm. murders and then soon after they released that information to anyone whether it was just like a friend whether it was the police they were killed like within days bizarre so yeah that comes in more so with like later victims that you see that and like there's family members that are saying like they told me this and then they just they went missing yeah so over the next year and a half four more sex workers were found see i have them they're all sex workers so i, I don't that britney gary is not a britney. sex worker okay she got clean from drugs okay so all right so then it would just be three more sex workers within the next year and a half so the first one was 26 year old whitney du Bois. uh frankie apparently confessed to these killings which was interesting. I think to a friend, like, he said, oh, yeah, I killed that girl or whatever. Yeah. And But they had no official evidence, so they couldn't convict him. So, a witness says that Frankie took Whitney in his car to go do drugs and have sex, and he would take the, like, all the women that he was close to. He had, a, like, his specific car, and he would take girls to a specific spot to do drugs and have sex and whatever. It was confirmed that drugs were in her system in her autopsy, just as the other girls. Around 3 a.m., Whitney and Frankie got into a fight, and he beat her and drowned her. 
He also, which is weird, Frankie was found to have formaldehyde. Like, he bought formaldehyde from whoever, like, a morgue nearby or something. Would, like, pump their bodies of formaldehyde. That's weird. Yeah. So, it's like, at some, if he has formaldehyde with him, then it's, like, premeditated. Like, it's yeah. not just, like, we got in a fight and, like, then I killed her. Like, no. Like, he's been planning these things out. Right, right. Um, but also, Frank Frankie's never convicted for these crimes, so we can't say that it's... You said he confessed and they still didn't... He confessed to, like, not on on the record. Like, it wasn't recorded. Oh, it wasn't oh, anything. Oh, okay. Just when Ethan Brown was doing his investigating, they were, like, one of his, like, Got friends okay. was, like, yeah, he literally told me he killed yeah. these oh, girls okay. and I, I like, can't do anything about it, I was, basically. like, he confessed to police and they didn't no. make them what? Well, probably. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but, yeah, so then he also knew what happened to women before their bodies were found, so... When he would come in and get questioned by police about, because he knew all these women, whatever, he'd get come in and get questioned. He's like, well, I didn't beat her. I didn't. And they're like, we never told you that she was beaten or yeah, drowned. Like, yeah. he would say things that he shouldn't know. Hmm. Interesting. Which also, Frankie. I know, I'm like, why did he not get arrested? Because he's saying these things. Like, he should at least be held. Uh, do you have anything on Whitney? You want to add? Uh, she died of asphyxiation. Okay. I have that she she drowned, she drowned, but that's similar thing. Like, she lost oxygen, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, the next one was 23-year-old Laconia Muggy. They called her Muggy mm-hmm. Brown. This woman, at least from my research, was the first one to be scared for her life. Like, I'm going to be the next one, mm. which is that's scary so because she knows she knew all these girls yeah. that were dying, and she's like, I'm the next one. And whether I think she knew who did it, and she was afraid of one person. Um, but she told her friends and family that she was scared after she saw the death of Ernestine, who was a few, like, girls ago we talked about. Yeah. Um, She said that she couldn't say much to friends, uh, about the case, but she said that she saw the death and was scared for her life after that. She told her friends and family, so this is all from Ethan Brown, um, like, when he was doing his interviews, her friends and family said this to Mm -hmm. him. She said that Muggy told her friends and family that frankie had too much power with law enforcement and she couldn't do anything about it so she was scared she couldn't trust the police she couldn't trust frankie she she told her family also that she was working on a murder case quotes and she wouldn't tell them like what murder case she was working with them on the cops also took care of the girls with the drug problems because they were informants for them and they told them things so the cops are supposedly supposed to like look out for them right right she muggy yeah especially like if they know they have drug problems and they're these women are dying that are of social group of people Mm -hmm. then they should be watching them even more so so muggy told her family she's running away to dc this is the names i don't know for sure because i was i was listening to the audiobook of this Mm -hmm. so i just wrote down their like the names that they said this guy named tiger whose real name's tyson and big mac picked her up to go to dc so i don't know who these people are i think they're just like people in the drug trade mm-hmm. that knew her like knew frankie knew all these people like in that group yeah. of people and supposedly they killed her on the way to the bus station frankie said to police that he saw tiger and big mac take her away and they were the last ones like see her alive so who knows how yeah the whole the whole case with the eight of these is so <laughs> shady yeah, i know and i feel it's so sad because 
no one deserves to die, but especially like there's there's no one they can turn to for protection. Right. And then Muggy, who's like, yeah, I'm scared for my life. I'm going somewhere else to DC. Mm-hmm. Then she gets killed like on the yeah. way. And she was working with the cops supposedly. She was like talking about the murder case with them, so she was at risk. Like, like I said before, if they start talking, they were dead within a few yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, Muggy was different from the other girls when she her body was found. She was fully clothed and had multiple incised wounds to the head and neck. It was a little different. I think the other girls were naked when they found them. Um, she was fully clothed, so it didn't look like there was anything, like, sexual behind uh-huh. it. She was just killed, which is plausible because she was planning on running away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is an interesting thing that I found from uh, Brown's book, is that her family and the family of every other victim though, so far was not allowed to identify the, their bodies. So the family was never allowed to see the victim's bodies to even say, like, yeah, that's my daughter, that's my friend, or whatever. Was it because they were too brutal? I, they don't know why. Or, they just said... Because sometimes they, like, yeah. like if it's a kid, they'll tell, mm-hmm. like, the parents, it's not, I don't okay. know if, I, yeah. if we want you to look at this. Yeah, and I don't know why, but it's weird that even the girls that were just, I can't even say it, were drowned or, like... As- asphyxiated <laughs> okay, yes yeah geez they like the i know <laughs> like their bodies wouldn't be maybe they're decomposed like yeah. if they were you know not found for a while but there's no reason that the family shouldn't even be able to identify them because how can you even say for sure it's them besides like obviously record like, like dental records and, and stuff. stuff yeah Muggy's family is the first one to like really to say like yeah we weren't even able to see her body they did a casket at the funeral and they weren't allowed to have an open casket. Again, they weren't allowed to see the body. This is weird. I don't even know where to go with this information. But they said that her casket was hundreds of pounds heavier than what it should have been. What? Yeah. What so does that mean? I don't, like, it's, I know caskets are heavy. Like, right. But they said, like, she's a tiny girl and it should not have been as heavy as it was. So, were they thinking it wasn't her body? I don't know. That it got buried? So, it's weird to me because... Yeah, that's, I think the main idea is, like, it they're her. concerned that it's not her in the casket, and she's, like, her fa- her mom, I think, expressed, like, I just, like, have hope that she's, like, still out there somewhere. Why couldn't they just, like, open the casket just yeah, to I look? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the whole thing, yeah. like, but I just thought it was weird, because from this point, I didn't know that all the other families weren't allowed to see their bodies. Yeah. And now they're saying, like, they're they're suspicious at some level, like, sure, why can't I see yeah. her body? Even, like after like you know they clean them up and they like make them look like they're asleep basically in a casket like why couldn't they see them at that point i feel like if i'm that mom i'm like you know what yeah i'm just gonna open the casket at this point yeah maybe it's like maybe it's one that you can't open i don't know maybe yeah or like locked i have no idea but yeah Mm -hmm. so they were concerned as a parent you have a right if you want to see your your kid's body yeah no matter what you should have the right to be like excuse me it's my right to see my kid's body but there's a lot of corruption and yeah they they had no support in these things yeah that's why i think they really opened up when brown came to investigate Mm -hmm. because no one had asked them anything prior to like to investigate it they're like they just like let this thing go and no one's questioned even close to the family like what's it's unfortunate yeah so that was the biggest like part of her case it was the first time it was brought to light that she wasn't like bodies weren't able to be seen the casket was weird planning she was like known to be 
trying to run away from the yeah, problem. The uh, casket thing's interesting. Yeah. The next victim, a little bit about her. So Crystal Shea Zena was 24 years old and just a little bit about her background. So she was diagnosed with bipolar. So she had some like mental diagnoses, Mm -hmm. had like mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. And she she also had drug addiction, which is was common with all the girls, as we said. She continued to say to her family that she was going to be the next one. And they were saying like, like her family's concerned, like, oh, like, why would you think that? All this stuff. But I think she knew about the other murders Mm -hmm. and they wanted to keep her quiet. So she thought she was going to be the next one. So according to Brown, he thinks that there is a guy named Tattoo who is a crack dealer. That was his nickname. Again, I don't know his real name. Picked her up night she was killed and supposedly strangled her. But the police, again, didn't choose to investigate her murder. Nicole Gilroy, which is a victim later Mm -hmm. was the one who identified her body even though it was really decomposed and you really couldn't like look at it and say it was crystal's body Uh so that was kind of suspicious in the fact that nicole could say it was her without seeing like without like knowing yeah so they think that she knew what happened to her and once she saw like where she was found she knew it was she knew it it was crystal so they think that Maybe that's why Nicole was killed, because she knew what happened to Crystal. So, yeah, that's all I have on Crystal. And then um, the second to last victim is 17-year-old Brittany Gary, who suppose like, Kara yeah, says. Yeah, Paul Hole says that she, or Billy Jensen, mm-hmm. their, their voices kind of sound similar, <laughs> so I confuse them. Yeah. Um, they said that she was not a sex worker okay. and that she was addicted to drugs but she was clean at the time of her death and supposedly okay. she's the only one who frankie was like i didn't sleep with her okay now, she's 17 yeah so Younger. of course he's gonna say no i didn't yeah. sleep with her she's a minor mm-hmm. so who really knows if he did mm-hmm. or not but have that she was getting clean mm-hmm. was not a sex worker and yeah. that she got killed when she went out to, I think they said Dollar General, to buy minutes for her cell phone. Gotcha. And that's when, yeah. that was the last time anyone had seen her. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. She was like walking at night mm-hmm. and was picked up, supposedly. Yeah. Um, that's when she was killed. Um, but prior to um, her murder, she screamed, according to witnesses from Brown's interviews, he said that friends of hers said... <laughs> That um, she screamed while hanging out with friends that Frankie killed Whitney and that she couldn't trust the police to protect. So, that was the first time that I have in the records that she said anything about the previous cases. Yeah. So, as soon as she mentioned the murders, she was killed within a few days. Jeez. So, it is, it's crazy to me that, again, she, as soon as it's on record somewhere along the way that she said to a friend, family, police, whatever, she was killed they found they she was dead for weeks before they found her body and they said it was likely asphyxiation Asphyxiation. i can't say that that's not a word i can say but finally after britney's death they formed a task force for these murders finally with the local police i think they brought in some fbi there was finally a task force but fun fact not so fun frankie the pimp had access to the task force, literally had a key to get into where the task force is, like, headquarters is. What? What? Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, they finally, like I said, got the task force, and then that was in 2008. They Mm -hmm. started the task force. Mm -hmm. August 2009, 26-year-old Nicole Gilroy was spotted off the I-10 in nearby Acadia Parish. 
So her body was found. But prior to that, her mom, so in an interview with Brown, her mom said that she called Nicole a couple days or a couple weeks before her birthday and said, oh, what cake do you want me to make you for your birthday? And she said, oh, I'm not going to be around for my birthday. She's like, what do you mean? She said, I'm, I'll be dead by my birthday. Her mom, like, was like, what? Why would you say that? And mm-hmm. she's like, no, seriously, tell me what cake you want. And she's like, no, I'm, I won't be there for my birthday. Her mom was like, what? Like, why would you say that to your mom, you know, freaking out? And she did get she murdered get before her birthday. birthday. So her mother said that she asked her if she knew anything about the murders. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm not able to say because I don't want you to, like, be involved right, in it. Right, So it is speculated that Nicole knew about murder the prior murders and that's why she she basically knew that she was up next so it's sad it seems like all the girls yeah it's like they all were like i'm next yeah i'm I'm, you know i'm gonna so there definitely was something going on in that social group of people that they knew who was in trouble so yeah in fall of 2009 sheriff edwards publicly acknowledged for the first time that the deaths were possibly the work of a common offender. I disagree. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Wow. Now you're saying after eight women were killed? Yeah. The task force more than doubled the reward after this killing for for any information on the killer. Mm -hmm. And you can see, I like, if you Google Jeff Davis 8, the reward, like, flyer that they printed out was, you can find it. And then Frankie was telling, or during Brown, like, interviewing people, he got to talk to Frankie. And he said that Frankie, at this point, was saying that he had three assassination attempts on him. He was involved, like, in the case. I'm like, boo-hoo. Like, yeah. well, like so what, Frankie? Like, <laughs> like, okay, people are trying to kill you because you killed these these girls, potentially. Like, so, yeah. Anyway, now you can go. <laughs> That's all the, the victims. So, yeah, I have some more connections between these victims. So, we already mentioned that... They knew each other. They shared common traits such as poverty, mental illness, and most of them had a history of being sex workers and using drugs. Mm -hmm. So some were actually related by blood. So Lopez and Gary were cousins, Mm -hmm. and Gary and Bonet lived together for a short period of time. Okay. We already mentioned that they served as police informants Mm -hmm. for the local drug trade. And um, family members also reported that the victims seemed to be anxious and excessively scared before they disappeared. Yeah, so which makes course, sense. Yeah, yeah, so that, of course, ties into the idea that mm-hmm. they knew that they were yeah, that they were going to be next. Which is sad. And, like, yeah, they were all, even, like, though they knew they were potentially in danger, mm-hmm. they were caught random times, like, walking to Dollar General to get yeah. some... It was all, it seemed like they were caught off guard whenever they were killed, even though they knew it was potentially coming. So it's not like, I don't know. I feel like they weren't. Like they were. They were just living. they knew, but they also weren't going to stop doing things out of fear. Mm -hmm. I would not leave my house. Yeah. Ever. I'm not victim blaming. That's not what I'm doing. No, Um, I know. Yeah, I'm just, they knew. I'm thinking in that case, like they, whoever was killing them wouldn't like surprise attack them that's what i'm trying like i don't know it's I see weird what you're saying i just think like if they're like in the same house or the same like area they would just like take them from there and not from like a public place like walking right. a dollar General. no i know i know what you're yeah. saying so yeah that's why i'm like yeah. it's weird that they were taken at the times they were mm-hmm. that like people saw them walking dollar general or yeah. walking down the street or whatever so right now i see what you're saying mm-hmm. what else you got um so in 2010 the new york times 
had an article on the case and interviewed some of the families and they were just the families were just scared and frustrated that nothing had been solved and police didn't seem to be doing anything about it Mm -hmm. so interesting things about some of the police officers so the chief investigator was a suspect in the case because he bought a truck from an inmate that was known to be friends with like the victims and some people say that they saw lopez who is the third victim get into the truck on the day she disappeared yep Um, but by the time they like found this out the truck had already been washed and resold Mm -hmm. so it's just weird like the investigator bought this truck that either he was driving or this other inmate was driving that lopez got in the investigator was fined and removed from the case just because of that tie but then he was placed in charge of evidence of the case. Sick. So, didn't really do anything to him to be involved. Kind of piggybacking off of that truck thing. A police officer working at the sheriff's office uh, it had interviewed two female inmates. Mm-hmm. Were said that they kind of knew who disposed of Lopez's body and evidence and things like that. They also reported that they knew about the truck and that it was scrubbed clean of evidence. Mm-hmm. So, the officer who took the statements sent the audio tape to the FBI who sent it back to the officer's superiors, Mm -hmm. and then the officer was forced out of his job. Oh, okay. So, shady. Yeah. It's, everything's so shady. Like, no matter, if someone talks or says anything about the case, they're, like, done, basically. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and there was other things. So, it was hard for me to, like, write down the names of people, but other murders were happening Mm -hmm. at this time in Jennings, like, throughout these years. Yeah. There was a couple that was murdered, and they were shot in their bed at night, and they had a baby in, like, the next room or two doors down, and someone found them. I forget who. Police came and got the kid, like, whatever, whatever happened, and one guy confessed to the murder, said, like, I shot him in the head, but they found evidence that there were over 12 people in that room during the time of the murder. 12 people, but interesting this guy confessed saying that he did it and he wouldn't say if anyone else was involved so like that was his deal that he wasn't doing and he couldn't get the death penalty and whatever so i thought that was weird like something weird is happening in this town during this time that there's other things happening other people are dying who knows if those people have known something about these cases and if you read the book or i'm sure the docuseries also has information on it but i got that information about the couple from the book Mm -hmm. and i'm sure he went into more detail i just can't remember off the top of my head it's just weird like it's definitely it's a small town and like so many people are dying yeah so there's something going on bizarre yeah brown once he started his investigation he found evidence that pointed him away that it was a serial yeah. killer doing it uh, yeah i also just to like piggyback off that i don't think it's a serial killer no it's because the mo's are different mm-hmm. these women are different ages they are different races their cause of death is different mm-hmm. you know some have asphyxiation some have their throat slashed mm-hmm. some the bodies decompose so bad you can't tell yeah and no, usually we know that serial killers usually have the same M.O. Mm-hmm. And it's rare for you know, killers to kill outside of their racial lines. Yeah. So these women are different races. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes me yeah. think this is not the same person. Yeah. And there's multiple things that connect these women being in the so- same social group. Right, right. Being sex workers, most of them being or have been drug addicts. So there are things that connect them. But if it was a serial killer, I think the case would have been handled differently by the police, one. And two, witnesses show that they saw these women be taken by different people. Like, oh, yeah. this tattoo guy, this tiger guy, like all these people. Yeah. 
So I do think they have to do with one another. Yeah, they're definitely but, connected, but I don't yeah. think it's the same. I think it's different people yeah. each time. How yeah. I said, this guy yeah. picked her up, this guy picked her right. up. Right, and I also don't think it's a random person. No, you know no, like, they like, like were how, like, told the to Golden do State it. Killer and, and Ted Bundy, they yeah. just pick random people. Yeah. Where like these people targeted correct Mm -hmm. because they're in this social group yeah and it's all the girls knew something about the prior murder Mm -hmm. or the the case at some level and then were targeted right after they spoke so let's say frankie is the head of all this and says to someone like hey this guy the crack dealer in the the group he's gonna go kill this girl because she talked and then the next time it's gonna be this like i feel like that's what happened it was more like coordinating now you're gonna hit this person yeah yeah so I think police knew somewhat about these things or covered it up at some level mm-hmm. because police had a lot of corruption and were related to this group. But even if they're questioned by police, the girls aren't murdered by the same person every time. So then they're right. le- less likely so to like, be caught. So it's not the same offender. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about some of the police officers if yeah. you want. Sure. I will add real quick that mm-hmm. um, kind of part of the kind of misconduct handled in this case was 2009 the sheriff ordered that each investigator working on the case had to take a dna swab because Mm. they were under so much scrutiny Mm -hmm. but the uh, office never commented on the results so interesting uh uh-huh so they're like like, yeah we did it yeah we'll be like yeah we took the dna test but Mm. we're not going to tell you what the results yeah um oh an interesting thing before we go into police so when brown was doing his interviews he interviewed a guy named david dis i have dis hotel like D E S H O T. Hotel. Like, but I think I misspelled it. So hotel. David D was a street player in a town who had dated two of the Jeff Davis eight victims. So Brown interviewed him to ask him like if he knew anything, whatever. So Brown interviewed him one evening. The next day, he found out that David had been shot in his home and his home had been like ransacked. People were took things and whatever. Yeah. So apparently, his house was not secured after the murder, as well as like how we talked about the other victims and Mm -hmm. people were just in and out so the police didn't even do anything which is scary for brown i'm sure he's interviewing people and then the next day sees someone dead who told him information about the case so yeah when brown's doing this these interviews however long after they're still like you can't talk about this kind of thing yeah so yeah that was interesting definitely someone who's dedicated to his journalism i know journalists man yeah and he like he said he said he got a lot of threat when he was writing the book yeah when he's doing interviews that he should stop he got threats saying like this book can never be published the police made a statement about him saying his work was fiction a fiction novel so that's definitely interesting about brown and his investigations Mm -hmm. the first officer i have was in december of 2007 so i know we're kind of going back two inmates told sergeant jesse ewing on tape that they knew about the truck from the lopez case being sold to the investigator so how we talked about before that truck was sold to that investigator truck man yeah and then ewing the sergeant sent tapes to the fbi and then, like you said, that was the guy that you yeah. said was fired. Yep. So, yeah. So, soon after, he was fired for sending those to the yeah. Can you imagine, like, crazy. just being, like, a regular police officer? Mm-hmm. You just want to feel like you're contributing because yeah. you're not, like, higher up yet, mm-hmm. but you just want to help. Yeah. And then you interview people. You put in the, all this hard work. You mm-hmm. find something that is significant to the case. You send it to the FBI, and then your superiors are like, you're done. You yeah. need to go. And, like, not even having a reason. Like, they yeah. might not even say why. 
because yeah. they didn't want him to know that they... Right. It's weird. It's weird, yeah. So David Barry was in the sheriff's office. He was fingered as a murder suspect on multiple witnesses because he would cruise down the south side looking for sex workers to hire with his wife. Yeah, and drug them and yeah. then bring them home to a sex room. Yeah, that's crazy. And he was only interviewed one time before he died in 2010. Yeah. So that's why I don't think the police necessarily committed the murders or anyone in the police committed them. I think that Frankie, the pimp, and that group of people had so much dirt on the police that were in with the sex workers, Mm -hmm. were hiring them, like all these things about them, maybe even getting into drugs, selling drugs, whatever, that the police couldn't do anything because their hands are tied. Like they have, they're going to blackmail me basically. And that's why I think Frankie had so much power. He like controlled, I think, this whole thing. Yeah. Everyone that worked was under him. How the him. heck? Who gave him a key? To the task force. How, that's supposed to be key? finding the murderer. Who gave him a key? Yeah. So, yeah, I think Frankie's definitely the center of it all. But he was allegedly an informant to the police as well, which, yes, but also... Stop it. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. the police were working with him, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, they're just saying he was an informant, basically. Yeah. Frankie was left to just, like, roam free and wasn't in any trouble. And he was close to the cop so that's why they believe he was allowed to walk free and the new sheriff sheriff ivy woods got elected and that's when brown was about to release his book and woods threatened him if he had it published said do not return to jennings to finish like anything whatever and he still managed to finish his book <laughs> i'm getting like salem's lot vibes like yeah. i haven't finished the book yet yeah i've been reading it since october <laughs> But it's like it's a weird town. People are dying. Things are happening. There's a writer that shows up to town. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm like, mm-hmm. is this the plot of Salem's Lot? So, in the book, and I think on articles I read, they said it's like, this case seems like a work of fiction because it's so, yeah. like, intricate and, like, there's so many levels, so many people. Like, in the book, there's so many names of people, like, that are involved. They're like, no, it's even worse than fiction. Like, you can't make this up. Like, yeah. this is stuff that's, like... It's, it's really bizarre. And yeah. I didn't know about it until mm-hmm. you brought it up. Yeah. And then as I'm, like, getting into research, I'm like, there's some shady stuff yeah. happening in this town. really shady. And, yeah. yeah, you can't go anywhere without feeling like you're being watched by the police and like anything you say is going to be used to either kill you or get you out of town basically so yeah there's also a congressman charles botany who was like in jennings that allegedly had sex with three of the victims and he filed a defamation lawsuit against brown for doing the interviews Mm -hmm. and but then dropped it because he didn't think it would go through so yeah this other congressman who having relationships with these women wanted to like not have this book come out as well so it's like not even just the policemen but like yeah. the law yeah people in because, this town yeah, are in because they're it. like well we i don't want to get blackmailed yeah. i don't want this to come out about mm-hmm. me because if you're a congressman yeah i mean stuff comes out about you and then that's your whole political career down the tubes exactly yeah so so many people were on the line basically if this got out whether which is so annoying and unfortunate mm-hmm. and aggravating yeah that people are more concerned about their well-being mm-hmm. their careers yeah than the lives of these women mm-hmm. and it's like well if you were afraid this was going to get out then maybe not hire a sex worker yeah question mark yeah it's crazy and i feel terrible for the victims because most of them working as a sex worker because they were just addicted to drugs and that yeah. was the only way they could get it yeah. is from doing that mm-hmm. stuff so it, it all leads back to addiction honestly which is a terrible thing yeah. And you can never judge someone for the actions they take. And if you have never 
I've never been addicted to drugs or anything, but like I've learned so much about yeah. it and you're not thinking rationally it's a at all. Yeah, you yeah. cannot you're it overtakes your brain. You'll do anything to get that drug. Mm-hmm. And people think like, well, why didn't they just advantage. not do drugs or why didn't they just like try to quit or like all this stuff? But like that's not how it works. Drugs literally go in your brain and say, You better get this. You like need this no now. matter what you're you need getting this, this now. Yeah. So it's like literally their brain's getting taken over. That's yeah. why people have to go to rehab centers mm-hmm. and get locked in because so yeah, I think there's just like the idea that like these women were in this and like did it to themselves, which I'm not saying, but, like, people say that and, like, yeah, that's so messed up because you don't know where they're at in their lives. Right. So. You don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just, it's a crazy case. I have a quote from Frankie as well. He assaulted a woman with the last name Clemens. I don't know her in general, like, but she stated during an interview with Brown that Frankie tried to rape her and he said to her, if you don't stop moving, you'll end up like the others. So, and she just said, I'm assuming he meant the other girls. Yeah. So, That's what I would think. Yeah. And then there's another guy, Terry Guillory, who knew too much information about law en- enforcement. So he was a suspect. I don't know. I think he was in that like group of people. Mm-hmm. So there's so many people. I like have so many notes and I could, I feel like I could talk about the case yeah. forever because there's so many wormholes. To- well, it just kind of goes to show that like, that's why a lot of the time when you are working a homicide case, investigators mm-hmm. look at the people closest to the yeah. victim because most of the time mm-hmm. it's somebody that the person knows. Yeah. So, you know, of course they're going to look at the spouse first. Mm-hmm. They're going to rule out the spouse and then it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, did they have problems with their coworkers? Yeah. You know, did something happen in the family? Mm-hmm. So but which they it's... weren't doing. The cops weren't even doing, no. like, going through that. They were just like, well, like, basically we know who did it, but we're not going to do anything about yeah. it, so we're going to act like we're yeah. investigating. Yeah, it's just like what you said with that one husband. Was it Lewis's husband? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, where he was like, they didn't even question me. Mm-hmm. It's like, usually they're going to question the spouse yeah. or boyfriend, girlfriend mm-hmm. first. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And... It just shows all the corruption that was in that town. And no matter where these girls went or anyone that knew any information, they were going to talk. They were going to get killed or if they tried to run or whatever it is. So I can't even imagine what everyone that is a victim in this case, like Mm -hmm. even the other people that we might have not mentioned, they, I couldn't even imagine being in that situation, not knowing what to do. And like Muggy trying to escape and still. So yeah, that's all I think I have on the case. I do have, um, when I was listening to the Murder Squad podcast, Mm -hmm. they did bring up Samuel Little is a serial killer who was convicted in 2012 for the murders of three women in California between 1987 and 1989, and he was also convicted in 2018 for the murder of a woman in Texas. So this guy claims to have killed as many as 93 women, but investigators link him to as many as 60. So, the reason why I'm bringing Samuel Little up, which I'm sure he'll be somebody who we talk about later on, yeah, um, is because he traveled across I-10, which is the main interstate that runs through Jennings, mm-hmm. at the time of these murders. So, he was traveling back and forth between Florida and California on this interstate, mm-hmm. and his timeline that investigators have matched him up with, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's killing women in different states, yeah. so they have to somehow make this timeline. Mm-hmm. He was passing through town at the time of these murders. Okay. So... It's I, interesting. Yeah. So, who's to say if he, if he murdered, you know, even yeah. one of these women? I mm-hmm. don't know. It's something that, again, investigators should probably look into. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting that this guy who kind of has the same M.O. as mm-hmm. these women, you know, sex workers 
and things like that is passing through this town at the time it's yeah. possible it is yeah because these knows. women would wait on the yeah. side of the street waiting to get picked up by someone mm-hmm. and could yeah. have been him yeah um and it could have been one of the girls that we don't really know how they like we talked about some of the girls where people saw them get picked up by this person or this yeah. person some girls we don't know like mm-hmm. we just know that their bodies yeah. were found so that's possible yeah. like it's possible but again it has mm-hmm. to go into police investigation work yeah and, and all that so yeah and it's just it would make more sense well like i said there was other killings maybe in this area so mm-hmm. maybe he's responsible for those yeah. who knows but and i don't know sam little like what his mo was at yeah. all he, like i said you know he's one of those serial killers that we're not going to know the exact number. Okay. Of, but what of did, how did he, what was like, what, what did he do to victims? Do you know? I think he strangled them. Okay. I, th- so, I think, yeah. So it's, it could be it that could he. could be, yeah. And the girls that their bodies were so decomposed, you don't know right. when. But yeah, it, for me, yeah, I don't think it's a serial killer that did it just because how connected they are mm-hmm. and the group that they're involved in. But it's possible it's possible that he could have killed at least one or other people in the community i just thought it was kind of an interesting tidbit that he's traveling through Mm -hmm. the town at the same time this is happening Mm -hmm. i I just thought that was interesting when i listened to the podcast yeah that is an interesting correlation because i didn't see that on any of my research i don't think brown had it in his book at all which would make sense if he wrote this early on and Uh you know so yeah it's so there's so many different things it could be Mm -hmm. and it it could be a serial killer just in that area still like who knows it could be the same person each time even though it's like a little different it's you don't know that's why it's unsolved but my yeah i really think that it was different people most of the time frankie for a few of them different people that were involved with frankie and they did it police knew just let them get away with it because They had so much dirt on them for so many illegal things that they were doing. It's interesting for sure. Yeah, and if you're interested, like, I read the book, and you can get it on, like, Amazon or Kindle or... Yeah, there's also an ID channel series titled Death in the Bayou, The Jennings 8. Okay. So... Yeah, so there's a lot on mm-hmm. this case. The, like I said, the Murder in the Bayou Killings is the... Or Murder in the Bayou is the show on Amazon Prime's Showtime, and there's, like, so much information. Yeah. There's YouTubers that have done the case obviously the murder squad did the case yeah there's a lot yeah because it's it is a big case and it's i think people enjoy researching it because there's so many ways you can go down like you can go to a serial killer route you go to the drug trade i do enjoy a good cold case yeah because there is open for interpretation Mm -hmm. there's open to to be like oh it could be this person Mm -hmm. but also i could see the possibility of this yeah and the ethan brown and I don't know how the series portrays it. Like, I don't know if the series leads you to believe, like, a certain, you know, a certain outcome. Yeah. But in his book, he, every time he talks about a victim, he says, like, this is who I think did it. And, like, that's who I mentioned, like, oh, the tattoo guy. The... Yeah. So yeah. he's like, I think that they all were involved in this group. And mm-hmm. basically what, I, what I've been saying, like, he just thinks it was a yeah. whole big scheme that killed these women. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys feel free to make your yeah. own yeah it's it's interesting yeah i have a couple quotes from family members of the victims um, mm-hmm. i think it's important to make sure that their words get out yeah and stuff more because um, they're hurting they don't yeah, they, they don't, don't know what happened and like their daughter went through daughter or friend or sister or whatever yeah. went through drug addiction went through sex working got probably assaulted by many people mm-hmm. 
That must be so yeah. hard. And they also have their own opinions. So uh, Dubois or Dubois, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, her niece, Brittany Jones, stated, I think it's more than one. I think it was made to look like it was a serial killer. I think that along the way, after the first few girls were found, people felt like because these homicides were not being solved, this was a very easy way to dispose of women and get away with it. But I don't think it's the work of one person. Um, she also... Um, believes that the lifestyles are contributed to why these cases are still unsolved. Mm -hmm. So she's quoted as saying, I do feel like that plays a part in it. You don't want to think that it's possible for people to think that way, but over the years, especially with social media and news reports, you can observe people's comments and hard words towards these girls. You don't know until you've stepped into those shoes, until it's one of your family members. Yeah. And one more thing she says, um, I think this is when she found out Mm -hmm. what had happened. I was devastated. I lost my feet and just collapsed. I remember standing on the side of the house and just try- and just crying uncontrollably. And immediately after the funeral, I spent a lot of time going to the graveyard to visit her where I found peace. But after so many months, I would get angry when I would go there. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine going through that. I mean, and so many victims, families of any case go through that, not yeah. knowing what happened, yeah. who did it, anything, and... It's, that's so sad. I can't, can't even imagine my hearts go out to those families mm-hmm. and friends and anyone that was, knew them, even the girls that are possibly still in that group of people. And yeah, cause I mean, this is fairly recent. Yeah. So, so I'm sure there's something still happening. And even though the case has gotten a lot of coverage, I mean, these drug trades and like group of groups of people all over yeah. and these things could be happening all over the place. This is just the case that that just happens yeah yeah and sex workers are easy targets for Mm -hmm. people that are killing like go with strangers yeah and people tend to just like disregard it and say like oh they put themselves in a a sketchy situation like what did they expect but no like these these are people these are people that have lives and are trying to just make a living Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just yeah we need to think to them just the same as if someone broke into your house, like someone killed a mom in a house that's just like a stay-at-home mom. We have to think of these the same as these girls that... No one deserves to get killed. Yeah. Regardless so. of lifestyle mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. It's it's such a sad case. And yeah. I, I hope there's something. But so Frankie died. Oh, he, he did? He died March of 2020. So oh. recent, like almost a year ago. So... But yeah, he didn't, was, I don't think he was in jail when he died. I don't know how he died. I just saw that he died on a website. So yeah, there's nothing really else to get from him. And Brown interviewed him multiple times and he's just, just, wasn't just crazy. Anything, yeah, yeah. Like he just says crazy things and was saying, just wanted people to feel bad for him. Basically yeah. like this would happen to me and people are trying to kill me and like, I wasn't involved. I loved those girls and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, so many people are saying that you were involved in it. Now, I will say, and I just remembered this, not to get back into like an in-depth discussion, but (laughs) um, Paul Holes does make the point, like, yeah, Frankie could be a possibility, but also he's getting some sort of profit from these women. Yeah. So why would he kill some of the women who, quote unquote, work for Mm -hmm. him because he's pimping them out? But, if, yeah. if they make money for him I yeah don't i don't know it's just what the great paul holds said. yeah yeah i don't know maybe i i honestly think it's not like i don't think he was killing them or having people kill them just because like oh i don't want them anymore kind of yeah. thing i think it 
was when they said something about the case mm-hmm. and then he was like they need to go because they're yeah. a liability type thing yeah and and you know to to piggyback off that a little bit i mean unfortunately and you know this is probably if he did it this is probably his thought process he could mm-hmm. just replace them for yeah. eight more women yeah so it's yeah it's sad yeah. like sad to say that but yeah who yeah who knows what he was thinking it's I don't think he looked at them as people that no. deserved no. a life. Of course like, not. Like, he just used them mm-hmm. as an object, whether it was sex, drugs, money, whatever yeah. it was. And when they were a threat to him, that's when they had to go. And, yeah. like, that's why I think he's involved at some level. Just like For Charles sure. Manson, he never killed anyone, but he that's told true. everyone to kill everyone. Like, that's uh, true. So, you know, he's at, he's at equal fault if that's yeah. the case. Mm-hmm. Great pick, Taylor. We're Thanks. All, we're all <laughs> <Fired> sad <up. laughs> now. Yeah, I'm, like, fired up. Like, I think this is, like, such an interesting case, yeah. and I wish I could, like, contribute to it. Like, I wish mm-hmm. I could be like, oh, I know this. But, yeah. It's... Get on the murder squad. You yeah. can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, Frankie's dead. You can't, even if evidence comes that he did it or was a part of it, there's nothing we can do. At least if, if they could find somebody, maybe if it was Frankie mm-hmm. and they can't, like, take him to trial and convict him at least the families would get an answer yeah and i think i think brown did that for the families at least a little and i think that's kind of probably what they deserve yeah (laughs) they deserve i mean they deserve sort of something yeah and someone that's invested in the case saying like i care about your daughter or your friend or your whoever it was to Mm -hmm. you who was killed and i want to find out who did it and it doesn't they're they're dead no matter what now but i want you to feel okay about have some closure on what happened right oh ethan brown so yeah i respect that guy i mean i don't know anything about him besides his investigation in this case so he could be a jerk yeah i I don't know but i think he did a good job at least making people feel like okay i contributed i gave what i had to say Mm -hmm. in interview wise so yeah yeah. it was good it was a good book good pick yeah case thank you thank you so yeah, I like doing these ones that are, like, instead of, like, just, like, serial killer or mass murder, yeah. like, so a case that is, like, the killings of X, Y, and Z right, or something. Right. So then we can talk a little bit about the case as a whole rather than this person sure. killed this person, sure. this person. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, that's a good one. Thanks. I don't know what I'm going to pick next week yet. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun no matter what. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. Yeah. But I will let you know. Yeah. I feel like this case is so much more serious. We're, like, not laughing as much and, yeah. like. Yeah, and and if you didn't read the disclaimer that that Taylor put when she put the podcast yeah. up, when we're laughing and stuff about this case, it's to make it more lighthearted. Yeah, we're in no for you to listen, like enjoyment correct. when you listen. Yeah, we're in no way trying to offend victims mm-hmm. or their families or anything like that. Yeah, and like these killers, murderers, these offenders are are terrible people. Yeah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. like bottom line. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yeah, and. We just want to tell you guys the case and let you guys think, think on it. And yeah, sometimes humor is how I, I, yeah. I deal with bad things. Yeah. And so. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. So I'm like, <laughs> so sometimes I laugh at inappropriate times and I'm like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. Or like, yeah, I'm just with, with, like that in yeah. all aspects. So yeah, we yeah. never mean to offend yeah, anyone. We're... And we don't victim blame. We don't, that stuff. No. So if anything comes out like that, we never, we never mean it like that. Yeah, no. So yeah, our hearts go out to the families of the Jeff Davis eight, mm-hmm. and we hope you guys can look further into it if you're interested in the case. Yeah, and, and I hope that they can solve it as quickly yeah. as possible. 
yeah, at least get some answers. Yeah. Someone come forward or, yeah, who knows? Something. These families deserve it. Yeah. And the victims deserve it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, well. I don't know what I'm going to pick next week. Yeah. It'll be a <laughs> surprise either yeah. when you listen to the episode five or on Instagram. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll post something. But Spoiler. <laughs> but remember, follow us on Instagram at a latte murder. And if you yes. want us to discuss a case that you have or a conspiracy or anything that mm-hmm. you think uh, would be interesting to look into, then email us at a latte murder at gmail. Dot com. <laughs> Are we I, always, done? I always can't remember if it's dot com or dot org, so I'm like, Gmail. G- <laughs> That's why the secret Gmail. comes out. That's why you don't say it. Yeah, I don't, because I don't know. <laughs> now I have to drive home in the winter storm. I, have That's to, I know, I have to drive 30 minutes to work. Oh. So. Well, Ohio weather. Woo. Whoop, whoop. All right, well, thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week for a latte murder. Bye. Bye.